0: Create your own economy. Cause we ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Learn from the queen of crypto, your host, Naja Roberts, leading people out of financial slavery through Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Hey. Create own economy let's
1: get ahead of the crypto curve learn to get left behind good good afternoon good afternoon and welcome to ahead of the crypto curve where we are creating satoshi millionaires one family at a one family at a time one day at a time one bitcoin at a time one satoshi at of time and ladies and gentlemen that means you i am your host naja robert and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery and ladies and gentlemen when we come forward we will journey. We will jump into the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580.
0: In a moment, moment. more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Nigel Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580.
1: All right. Welcome forward. Let's do this again. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you because it absolutely matters. Today is Wednesday, May the 4th. 2023 and what an incredible day it is and we're going to start this show off by saying happy birthday to several cryptopians whose birthday are today we have felicia smith and miles cardenas and uh we are really wanting to tell each and every one of you that we we want to say happy birthday we hope this day is filled with all the love joy peace and happiness you deserve on this day. And if you'd like to get a birthday shout-out from me on the radio, please allow me to do so by dialing 424-317-7373. Again, 424-317-7373. If you send me a text message, I will definitely get you on the roster so we can make sure that we give you a shout-out for your birthday. My cryptocurrency quote for the day says, Bitcoin is sovereign wealth while everything else is conditional wealth because you are not in charge of anything and that's awaldi daniel and the reason why i picked that quote today most of you know that first republic bank just went belly up and the most the they're the most recent bank to actually fail and i told you all today we would talk about that And it really has caused some concern that the United States is on the brink of a financial catastrophe. Um, And they're thinking that it could be one that could possibly resemble that that happened in 2007, 2008. And that crisis led to a great recession. Now, unfortunately for some, in 2007, 2008, the 401ks and some of the other financial instruments that people were using to acquire wealth actually lost a lot of value. And um, we're looking at the same thing happening, the same thing happening as we move into this new banking catastrophe. Because three times this year, uh, banks have collapsed, and many investors have actually rushed to the bank, to withdraw their money. And the federal government has taken drastic action to prevent a broader panic that could actually knock down the rest of the financial system. Nobody really knows for certain right now whether this third time will be the last. I say that I don't think it will be the last. And we all have to just really watch and see what's happening. And I did, in some of my previous shows, spoke to what a bank run is. And I'm not going to go too far in depth today, but a bank run is what is causing these banks to actually collapse, because people are looking at the macro. People are looking at things that are happening around the world and saying to themselves, is our dollar really as safe as we think it is, or should I be putting my money somewhere else so that I don't have to deal with the fact that the banks might not be able to pay back the depositors. And why did that start? Back in November, November of 2022, our FDRC, Federal Deposit of Insurance Corporation, actually held a meeting. And in that meeting, they stated that if the banks were to have financial issues, that they will not be able to run in and assist because they were out of money. And they were going to do something called bail-ins instead of bailouts. They got bailouts before from the government, but President Obama stated that could not happen anymore. They put some bills and some things into law so that it couldn't happen. And so the FDIC was going to use bail-ins, meaning they're going to use depositors' money to make sure that the banks are okay. That absolutely did cause broader panic and they actually were contemplating actually announcing it to the American people but i guess they really uh decided not to do it but the word got out because there's still individuals that watch those boring meetings like myself and other economists and we are seeing our FDIC say these things so we know that there are there's a bigger problem then what we've seen right here with these last banks, these, these last three or four banks, there's more problems to come. So, again, what you can do as an individual that is hearing this, when you know better, you do better. This is not the last time that this is going to happen, and make no mistakes about it. Uh, this crisis has not necessarily been averted because history is filled with examples of leaders who believe they have stopped a disaster, but later found out that 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 disaster um, still exists because they kind of underestimated the problem. And I think in our time right now, they're not underestimating the problem. I want to say they're trying to act like they're ignoring the problem so that they don't get people doing these bank runs. And so some analysts actually worry that other banks may have, they they may have, I'm, they're saying undiscovered problems, but I think these banks well know uh, that they have some problems and that they have ill prepared for bank runs and they have ill prepared for uh, people to actually get the types of returns and things that they're expecting and or that they are expecting as bankers. And not that all of them have done a terrible job, but from what I'm seeing, a lot of these bankers or bank, the the people that run the bank have done a poor job in their investment. And, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that our interest rates are going up. The bonds that they're typically really relying on are not paying out what they should. And because they put the, the investor's money in there, you know, that's pretty much what it is. They're not going to get that money back if they've lost it. And then when people like me and you come in to get the money that we've actually given to the bank, it becomes a problem. And so it's likely to continue. The interest rates, as we know, got raised again this week and everything that is happening with these bank collapse, uh, could really be catastrophic to one's portfolio. And so again, please be very, very cautious as you are um, figuring out what amount of money you want to leave in the bank. And for those of you that are constantly saying that FDIC is going to cover it, FDIC with this last bank, if you do your research and not listen to what I'm saying, do your research. They have stated with this last bank, which um, just happened this week, they have actually liquidated their savings, uh, FDIC. So First Republic Bank is, uh, has ran the kitty dry. I'm just going to say it that way. So as we learn more about, uh, what's happening again, keeping our eyes open and peeled for the macro, the things that are happening in the big picture, um, and just really trying to figure out exactly what we need to do because this banking collapse is not uh, anything to really take lightly. And so I'm just going to kind of finish this segment and just make sure that you all know um, what I really feel and the way that I really need to say what's happening with First uh, Republic Bank. We know that there are more to come. And so a lot of people have been asking me, what I feel the safer banks are. And I thought I would be saying that the smaller banks would be safer, but we're seeing that there's some issues there as well. Um, But what I really want to say is the credit unions seem to be in a position where they're going to fare well. So if you have banks, and I've named this one before because it's a bank that I bank with, but Navy Federal Bank, uh, there are some other ones like, uh, Unity Bank, and that, that's a credit, actually a credit union, uh, as well. And then you have, fortunately, you have some black banks. And the reason why I feel like the black banks are going to do well is because a lot of the black banks weren't really given a whole lot of money to leverage. Uh, they weren't given a whole lot of money to leverage, so they didn't do a whole lot of, put a whole lot of money into investing. And so for what that's worth, you know, a lot of us should probably start looking at doing some black banking. It can't hurt, especially in this time. Uh, One of the safer ones that I see that's kind of gobbling up the other ones, of course, is Chase. And so Chase has done a very good job thus far at being in a position not only to help with the other banks that are collapsing, but to really make sure that their banking institution is doing well through this time. And so those are just some of my suggestions. Uh, But this, these different signals and fundamentals that we're seeing and the changes of how the U.S. economy will work moving forward, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to know that it's not good and it's definitely not business as usual. Uh, The situation is giving us clues as to what will happen with our money and these other banks. And I tell people, uh, because I've had a couple people, not even in a debate, just to share with me, you know that the the depositors from Silicon Valley Bank and some of these other depositors are just fine. And so the American people are going to be just fine as well. I will have you, have. I just have to say, looking at the way that they're playing this out, is they've got a lot of distractions happening. But one of the things that they knew is that if they allowed these early banks to falter early on and the depositors not got back their monies, there was going to be a lot more chaos and none of the banks would have made it through uh, what was suppo- what's happening uh, right now in our system. And so um, the Federal Reserve has also been breaking breaking things and I'm going to just say it that way, going on one of the fastest rate hiking cycles in history. That has a lot, a lot, a lot to do with it. And saying that they wouldn't go until they broke something is terrible. I heard that said as well in one of the Federal Reserve meetings. And it's just, you know, I don't understand how broke can, um, or them breaking something really can benefit us as american people we need to feel secure in our with the assets that we have entrusted them with and i just really don't feel secure about what i'm seeing and what i'm hearing but uh they have definitely broken the treasury and the bank and we're seeing these banks dropping like flies so again be uh very very careful so Ooh, let's just get into some of the things that are happening that you need to know about, again, on the, uh, on the macro. What I'm going to say is the stick isn't as big as it used to be, and America doesn't do carrots. Ladies and gentlemen, the rest of the world right now is getting together under the Chinese and Russian leadership to actually escape the dollar. We've been talking about this. But many influential economists think that this is impossible. And every time I turn on the news lately, I'm listening to some of these individuals that think that this is impossible. But the difference this time is that this move isn't organic, nor is it passive. The BRICS. We talked about what the BRICS is. If you don't know what the BRICS is, please go back and listen to several of my shows. But the BRICS, um, uh, the BRICS. So we've got uh, an opportunity for the Global South to connect, and they're actively, actively looking for alternatives. Brazil, Russia. India, China, and South Africa. That's what BRICS stands for. It's an alliance that has been separate from the G7, and they are actively looking for alternatives. It's the same spirit that actually created the Euro dollar. And that's why I know that what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling right now as it relates to the US dollar could definitely, there could definitely be some problems. Just because we cannot see the alternative, does not mean it won't be coming along very, very soon. So, again, we're looking at the macro in order to understand how it's going to hit us here in America or even at home. And so most of the other countries know that America can't stomach a full-blown war as well. And if it could, the U.S. troops would have been in Ukraine months ago. So I am going to, uh, say that because I've been trying to look analytically at why U.S. troops would not help Ukraine, uh, more than they have helped Ukraine. And it's just because we cannot, we, it's not, I don't, I don't even want to say stomach. We can't even afford, in my opinion, a full blown war anywhere because we're in so much debt and we're having to try to get the debt ceiling raised right now as it is. And so that's kind of where we are with that. But not only that, America can't fight on two different fronts anymore. It simply doesn't have the same industrial capacity that we used to have. Again, I'm saying the stick isn't as big as it used to be. So the world has become bolder and the world has become more brazen than it's ever been. And it's not afraid of us like they used to be. And before I got um, totally into cryptocurrency and I was learning about different things that were happening with war and really starting to dig into what our dollar was backed by, Uh, those of you that know me, I have been saying for over a decade that the dollar was backed by war. And because the rest of the world is becoming bolder and more brazen, the things that used to scare them don't scare them anymore. And so we cannot use our dollar to get people to act right and do the things that they need to do. And all of that was supposed to be watched by you and me as we watched what was happening with the Ukraine-Russian war. Again, not picking sides, not saying anybody was right or wrong, uh, because what we do know is that – uh we just got to pay attention to just some of the stepping stones and the milestones that are taking place. And what's worse, America comes up with, uh, these ideas. And then most of the countries right now just absolutely simply don't believe them. And that's what I'm hearing. And we've really, really, really got to take heed to these things, ladies and gentlemen. I know when you hear things on the news, You're like, oh, that doesn't really matter. But it does. It matters to us because it drives up prices. It drives up commerce uh, because of import and export. When our dollar is weaponized, when our dollar is backed by war and things of that sort, it does play a toll on us as Americans. And so we've got to know that if we're saving or we're attempting to save, that we've, we've got to put those savings on steroids. We've got to do uh, more than we've actually done over the next couple of months to ensure that uh, our future looks bright, that our, our generations of futures look bright. And so America uh, in this thing called money and telling people who can use it and who can't and sanction and all of those things has have, have really set us up for people to just step back and say, OK, maybe I'll take a look at. Russia and China, and see what other alternatives we have uh, for a better bet. So as we move forward and wrapping this thing up here, we've got China's diplomats that have actually embarrassed uh, us by breaking down how the American people and the American government has been working. They stated that we bullied people around the world, and they're calling for other countries to join with them. They've gone in to try to create peace in the Middle East, and we've been trying to do that for a very, very long time. And what I see is that they have been much more successful than we can or have been, and America has not been able to broker that peace. And I'm saying, unfortunately, I don't think that they really wanted that peace to happen. But the United States technically is at peace right now. Uh, And these other countries are coming together. And we're trying to really put our feelers out there for the first time in a while. I see some of our diplomats going to Africa. I know you all have been paying attention to that. Uh, And I'm not going to just say our diplomats, but our vice president and some other individuals have been over in Africa and that is because we are in a race to make sure that Africa is not joining forces with some of those individuals that are looking uh to walk away from our dollar and so um I don't know there's too many uh factions inside of the United States of America right now for us to act as one unit and the the uh warmongering factions that have been happening are really coming to roost for us. And we've just got to pay attention to our dollar more. Someone is always um, really looking at in the past how they've been under our foot and they're just joining bricks left and right. They're asking to join in. We're waiting to see what is actually going to happen with Mexico. And the reason I continue to bring these things up is because we need to be thinking a little bit different than we've always thought. Ladies and gentlemen, we talked about starting to be self-sovereign in our food, growing our own vegetables. And why is that? Because if by chance Mexico is accepted in bricks, a lot of our vegetables and fruit that we go to the store and get are not going to be as readily available as they have been in the past. And so all those things are things that we need to start looking at, not being fearful of, but making sure that we're understanding that some things can possibly change. But we can do little things within ourselves to really start to move the needle on our self-sovereignty. So when we come forward, we are going to start talking about the cryptocurrency space because there's a lot going on. Our president has put some new um ideas in place about Bitcoin mining and may push the innovation, may push the innovation out of the United States. And so we just got to keep our eyes on those things. But when we come forward after news, sports and traffic, we will get to this conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580.
0: KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention when we, come, when we forward, come forward includes you. KBLA Talk 1580 turning pain into power, power. We know you stick around. This is LA's home for Progressive Talk Radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580.
1: All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So this is the morning or afternoon after. The White House actually proposed a 30 percent tax on electricity for United States crypto mining agencies. And so if passed, the tax bill will be phased in over three years. And I'm just going to say this before we dive in. This is going to push innovation away from the United States. And that may be what they want, because, again, as they design or continue to execute what we're calling operation choke point, we will uh, start seeing less and less cryptocurrency companies. And that could also deal with the mining as well, because people are going to leave if they're not able to make money. And so Biden administration actually wants to impose 30 percent on Bitcoin miners with something called digital asset mining energy or DAME. That's what they're calling it. A DAME excise tax on electricity used for cryptocurrency mining. It explained that it wants crypto tax mining Um, companies because they aren't paying their full cost that they impose on others, including environmental pollution and high energy prices. And so we've gone over and over about if or if not, Bitcoin miners are really taking up more energy than the banks and different individuals that are in the banking system. And when we really did all of the analysis, we found that Bitcoin mining really doesn't take as much as all of the banks that are out there that are running systems that are open and all of those things. And so they still always seem to just negate that fact. But if we looked at the electricity use, And what they're proposing on cryptocurrency mining, they should be imposing those same 30% taxes on the banks. I mean, it's only fair, but they haven't done that. And they're not going to do that. They're going to continue to make people in the cryptocurrency industry look sort of like, I'm going to say sort of like, um, (laughs) that we're creating some sort of massive problem. As as it relates to electricity, because there are not as nearly as many Bitcoin mining outfits as there are banks, small banks, regional banks, federal banks, all sorts of banks that are out there, uh, banks you've never even heard of that are out there that are using up electricity. And so it's just going to be interesting to see how many times they just continue to pick at those of us in the cryptocurrency space and we we just really have to deal with it and just make sure that we're continuing to get the information out there but hopefully they don't push the innovation too far away from the United States and for those of you that are investing right now in Bitcoin mining companies I think that you need to pay very close attention to this tax because if this tax really hurts these miners they're going to move out of the country and they're going to do business elsewhere. But I will also tell you that a lot of the mining companies are looking to use alternative types of energy anyway. So there's a lot of solar that they're looking at. They're looking at hydro. They're looking at a bunch of things you know and I don't I just don't understand uh, why those things are not in place as of yet, I, I know that they're waiting on different regulatory agencies to allow them to be able to use this alternative energy. But at the same time, it looks like they're going to be dinging them for using just regular electricity. So the commission and the staff are really continuing to consider rather the terms that President Biden is coming up with. Um, are going to work or if they're going to adopt this new digital asset, uh, sanction, I call it. And so we just got to watch closely, but remember ladies and gentlemen, next year in 2024, that is when Bitcoin does its having. And that means that less Bitcoin is going to be created every 10 minutes. Right now we're looking at 625 6 coins created every single 10 minutes and then coming next year um when we get into the bitcoin having there's only going to be three coins created every 10 minutes it's designed to create that scarcity and so as we look at that And the fact that people are going to be fighting a little bit more for computing power. They're just going to pack up their miners and go somewhere else if the United States imposes that 30 percent tax. And you all that have been following me for a while, you know that a lot of the mining companies in Texas are having some difficulty right now based on some of the things that are happening with the electric grid. And then here we have in California some new things that are coming along where every car is gonna have to be electric. Where are they gonna get that electric from? And are they gonna be fined as well? Are we gonna be fined as well thirty percent for our electricity loose use? And so we've got to look at all these things and we've got to weigh them out and see as They come along, but I just want you all to just really pay attention to all the different challenges that just keep coming up with the cryptocurrency space when we've got so many other issues that our government needs to be dealing with right now. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we have got to um, really stack our Satoshis. We're going to still be able to get our hands on Bitcoin, I believe. But right now, while we don't have as many restrictions, while there are still operations happening here in the United States where we can deal with some of these Bitcoin miners that are here that may be selling Bitcoin and different things like that to the exchanges that are here, let's take advantage of it because when 2024 comes, whether or not these sanctions are imposed, Bitcoin is going to have that scarcity element where there is not going to be more than 21 million of these coins ever created. And that 6.25 that's happening right now every 10 minutes is going to get cut in half. And then Bitcoin is going to be considered to be a little more scarce than it was Uh, the year before, which is this year. And so it's going to continue to do that. And so as this having approaches, I am using my best practices to do my dollar cost average. And I say it all the time, a DCA a day keeps poverty away. But what it also does is allows you to really soften the volatility of Bitcoin by just saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to do $5 a week or $10 a week or $10 a day, whatever it is you want to do. And just stick into that consistently because that's what needs to happen. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we are going to jump into a couple of the other things that are happening because the SEC Has changed their mind on some things, and we got to have a talk about it. This is KBLA Talk
0: 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Nigel Roberts on KBLA KBLA Talk 1580. 1580.
1: All right, so one of the other things that is coming out in the news, other than the fact that President Biden has suggested putting that 30% tax on Bitcoin miners, is the SEC. We have been waiting for the SEC to really define digital assets for a long time. They have really been slow to give us what we need to make sure that we're abiding within the the time frames and or their frame of what is legal and illegal and all of those things. But the US Securities and Exchange Commission actually took one small step backwards in regulating the cryptocurrency sector today. When it actually erased what would have been is first formal definition of a digital asset from the latest hedge fund rule. And so we're still waiting patiently. I'm going to say patiently. Those of us that are in the space are trying to figure out exactly how our businesses need to run based on these definitions. And we're also very concerned that if the United States doesn't act quickly in giving us an actual definition, that again, innovation is going to leave. And so with this step back, I think, you know, it's going to be quite difficult to keep a lot of cryptocurrency companies here in the United States. Now, while there are still... A relatively large amount of individuals that are allowing you to buy and sell and trade cryptocurrency. If they don't get these rules and regulations together and they continue to badger individuals by not abiding by just the regular laws that don't apply to cryptocurrency, we're going to see more and more issues. And so the SEC had initially included the definition in its 2022 proposal to overhaul mandatory disclosures for for hedge funds. And there are a lot of Bitcoin hedge funds. There are different hedge funds that add Bitcoin to that hedge fund. And that gives you exposure to Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, but you don't hold the actual coin directly in your wallet. And so Uh, A lot of people have that mixed up as well. I've talked to people that have lost money in hedge funds and they really feel like they invested in Bitcoin. And so they have a sour taste in their mouth thinking they did Bitcoin directly when, in fact, they were involved in a hedge fund. And a hedge fund takes a bunch of different things and puts it all together to allow people to get exposure to different markets all at once. And that is not what Bitcoin is in its totality now that's a part of what you can do with bitcoin but the biggest thing that we want you to all do is make sure you're understanding self-sovereignty and making sure that you're understanding that you need to have your bitcoin or cryptocurrency in your own wallet not in the hedge funds wallet anyway but since the sec was going to actually give us some definitions on that first With the hedge funds, it would really make our jobs easier to really know what we could do. But the regulators yanked it, and the final rule um, is supposed to be approved by the commissioners. And so the agency said that they would explain themselves, and this is what they said, ladies and gentlemen. The commission and staff are continuing to consider... Continuing to consider... This term and are not adopting digital assets as a part of this rule at this time, and so that allowed a lot of people who have been standing on the sidelines to really go ahead and get involved with cryptocurrency until the SEC decides they want to make a ruling or they want to put some things in place, and so. We're just all waiting on our anticipatory tiptoes, but I just think it's a shame that the rest of the world is moving forward, making rules and regulations around Bitcoin specifically, and our SEC just is not doing anything of the sort. And so I'm not sure that anytime this year we're going to actually hear what the impact will be. Um, of them giving these rules and regulations because we haven't got them yet. I just know we have a lot of people sitting on the side, so we're gonna we're gonna wait and see, ladies and gentlemen. And prayerfully, the thing that's happening with Coinbase, where the SEC has got to answer within 10 days, I'm gonna keep you all posted because we're watching somebody for the very first time. You're watching a company for the very first time go after and sue the SEC about something that they're failing to actually do to provide clarity. We need clarity. It is important to get clarity. We're on this radio today because some of you need clarity about what you need to do and how you need to move. Well, as cryptocurrency companies, we deserve clarity and we just are not getting it. And every time we think we get, we're gonna get it, we don't. And this is just, again, in my opinion, another step back. And so the SEC regul is a regulatory. Uh, organization that really needs to step up and do something to ensure that they give us some definitions and tell us what they expect to see so that we can run viable businesses. And maybe you're out there and you're in the cryptocurrency space and you want to actually adopt cryptocurrency for for your parishioners to actually pay for goods and services. This is really a great time uh, really a great time to do so So ladies and gentlemen When we come forward We'll continue the conversation This is KBLA Talk 1580
0: You're linked to the Midday Money Chain With Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts Exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580 Heard any other talk radio lately That sounds anything like this? We didn't think so You're listening to Unapologetically Progressive KBLA Talk 1580
1: All right, welcome forward. So we had a a listener ask, is it okay to buy your ledger from Amazon? And I know I talked about this last week. Please, ladies and gentlemen, make sure that you are going factory direct to ledger or Trezor or cold card. Do not buy it from a third party other than those platforms. Because if you do, you can ultimately regret it when somebody has stolen your Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. And so just make sure you're factory direct. If you are signing up for the Ledger and Me 123, if you've been someone who's holding on to your ledger because you've been afraid to set it up yourself, that's why I do those events every single month. So we can make sure that we are self-sovereign with our money. I'll share again. It feels really good to have had to pack up. Well, not actually pack up. Just grab what I needed and be able to have our Bitcoin and everything that we need at our fingertips. So we can just get up and go. And so it's a great, great feeling. So we will be definitely doing a crypto essentials this month. Teaching those of you that are brand new to the cryptocurrency space. Uh, what Bitcoin, what Bitcoin is all about. What Bitcoin is all about, and then we're gonna do a ledger and me one two three, and that ledger and me one two three. They'll all be done this month. You can send me a text message, and we'll get the information to you. That is four two four three one seven. Seven three seven three. I'm gonna ask each and every one of you that are on social media if you can go like my uh, and follow me on my social media. Please do that. It it is Naja Roberts. No underscores. No dots. No numbers. Nothing like that. Just Naja Roberts at Naja Roberts. Uh, We have got a lot of people calling me saying, Hey, are you asking me for money in my DMs? I will never ask you for money in your DMs, ever. I won't ask you for money at all, at any uh, point. Uh, Will I be in any messaging or anything asking you for money? So just rest assured that is not me. But ladies and gentlemen, we are making way for the D.L. Hughley show. You all know I say D.L. is the truth. We are just really excited that you decided to join here with us today. And I want to thank you for rocking with me here on Ahead of the Crypto Curve where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires. One day at a time, one family at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you.
0: You're listening to Naja Roberts on the head of the crypto curve. Please follow her on all social media platforms at Naja Roberts. No underscores, no dots, no numbers. Just Nadja Roberts. Let's close the wealth gap. It's our turn. or get left behind create your own economy let's get ahead of the crypto curve kbla 1580 santa monica